Hi, welcome to the Mind Hacker Club podcast. This podcast is unscripted, which means it is raw, not pretty, but authentic. I like to tell my friends that I have been blessed with the gift of hardship. And so in this podcast, I will be taking you through some of the struggles and the hardships I've been through and what I learned from them in the hopes that you can also get inspiration for the hardships that you have gone through, that you're going through, that you might go through in the future. So please enjoy this episode. And remember, at the end, let me know what you thought of the episode so that I can then adjust and keep sharing my stories that you find resonant. Thank you so much for joining. Today's episode is quite an interesting one because this subject that I'm about to discuss is something that I am processing as I am recording this. It's not something that I have thought about before. It's something that just actually happened last night. And last night I had a dream about something that happened when I was about 17. I had a friend and um, this girl, like she, she, I think she was a pathological liar. And I, and I understand why, because she was probably going through stuff where she didn't feel like she could be herself or she didn't feel that she could actually admit what she was thinking and how she was feeling. And so then that would sort of take place, sort of manifest itself in certain weird activities, right? So this friend of mine, I had told her that I I started talking to this guy that I really liked and the guy was like a year younger than me. But at the time it was like, oh, she's you like a younger guy, that kind of stuff, you know, because it's, it's, it was in Botswana and in Botswana, typically the guys are much older than the girls. And so I told this friend of mine that I liked this guy and we started texting and the guy and I, but then two weeks later or some time later, this guy sort of stops talking to me and I'm like, what's going on? Like, I thought we we're vibing. And he's like, no, I'm sorry to have given you that impression. And guess what? She, she, he had started seeing this girl who was my friend, right? The friend that I told that I liked the guy and they started seeing each other. And even when I asked the girl though, she flat out lied. And she said it was not true when actually they were seeing each other, you know? And so <laughs> I'm not proud of this, but, or maybe I am. But then what I did was that once the girl broke up with her boyfriend, like uh, someone else that she was seeing later on, I actually kissed that guy because I thought that he was he was attractive. But everyone was kind of like, well done, Lorraine. Like that, this was like high school proper, like, oh, chaos. You know, they were like, well done, Lorraine. You, you kissed him. And I was like, but yeah, I just fancied I liked him anyway. But the kiss was not that great anyway. So we didn't end up nothing happened eventually because I was just like, yeah, there was no chemistry. There was nothing. But I had I remembered this like or this memory came back to me because I had a dream about this I had a dream last night that um oh, I say last night but today is the 21st of May so I don't know when you're going to listen to this but I say last night when I say last night I mean the 20th of May and um, in this dream like I was sitting next to this I was sitting behind a guy who was sitting next to my friend and my friend I told the guy that I didn't like him and my friend sort of made a move on the guy or something like that but it just had the same vibes as that dream that that thing that happened when I was 17 right and what I realized I, was, I started to explain this to a friend today and I was like oh this happened and, and and but as I was talking about it I realized that actually when I was 17 I had kissed that guy as like 
sort of revenge or like something vindictive. I had done it from a vindictive standpoint where, but I didn't process that it was from a vindictive standpoint. I just thought I just fancy him and I don't care that you were with with this girl before that I used to call my friend because she's done it to me before. And so at the time it was just like, no, I'm doing it because I want to, not because I'm actually being vengeful. But I was, as I was talking to my friend today, I realized, no, actually, I did it partly because I was being vengeful or mostly because I was being vengeful. And I wanted her to taste like her own, get a taste of her own medicine, right? And to be honest, I'm so, so happy that I felt that way, that I feel this way, that I'm like right now I'm feeling the, the <laughs> vindictiveness and the vengefulness in my heart. And the reason I'm so happy about this is not because I think that we should walk around feeling vengeful and vindictive, but as I've told you before, I lived a life where I was really out of touch with my emotions. I could not feel my emotions. I could not process my emotions. And it was just as like last year or maybe was it 2021? I keep saying last year as if it's 2022. But when I say last year, I mean 2021. In 2021, I remember having conversations with my sister where I said to her, like, I don't feel like I feel stuff, but I don't know what I'm feeling. Like, it's just it just all goes in. But I can't articulate what it is I'm feeling. I can't say to you that I'm sad because this thing happened. I can't say I'm happy this thing happened. I know I'm feeling something, but I, I just can't identify what the feelings are, right? And so that's like a huge sign of like CPTSD and childhood trauma when you really don't know how to process your emotions and you don't know what you're feeling and you don't know how to identify your emotions. And I felt that way. And I guess throughout my my entire life, I sort of felt that way. I just didn't know how to process emotions. So I'd, things would happen, but I wouldn't take them in or I wouldn't ask myself, so how does this make you feel? I knew I had a strong feeling and a strong reaction to, to, to everything, but I just did not feel, you know, I just did not, yeah, I just did not articulate those feelings, right? And so to think that now, I'm able to connect with the emotions that I had back in the day, even though they weren't really consciously available to me. I am so, so happy because it shows that my healing process is just doing amazing things for me. It shows that I'm healing. The fact that I can identify those bad, so to speak, negative emotions that I had, because I think that one of the most dangerous things in life are people, or not even people, let's not make it about people. One of the most dangerous things in life is when we are oblivious to certain things about ourselves. I call people that sort of have that, and I think it's all of us to some extent, I call them like ticking time bomb bombs. I think those people are very dangerous. Because if you're not aware of your feelings and if you're not aware of what you're doing, you cannot take responsibility for it. So if you do something and then you get backlash, you're not going to take responsibility for the fact that, okay, I was being vindictive in this um, instance, so the other person retaliated. But rather, what you think is like, I am so innocent and this person just attacked me for no reason. It means that the other person is a bad person. When in actual fact, you probably you, you had a role to play in this, right? And so I don't want to be oblivious to certain parts of me. And I think one of the things that we develop as people, one of the coping mechanisms that we develop as people is sort of like seeing, us, seeing ourselves as victims or saints, right? You think everyone, it's everyone's fault but your own. 
this person did this to you instead of, okay, I did this and then that person did that and it didn't turn out well, right? So we make ourselves the victims, we make ourselves the saints, we make ourselves the receiver and, and sort of the passive receiver, the passive experiencer, instead of actually seeing that we had an active role to play in certain things. And that can be so dangerous because anything that we do without accountability is absolutely, absolutely dangerous, you know? And I think that like the fact that I'm aware of the fact that I'm not a saint, because I kid you not, like I just had no idea that I had that in me, right? Because everything I do, I've always said this, like everything I do, even if there's a backlash or something negative that comes from it, it's always from a good place. But now for the first time, I have evidence of my humanity. I am really sinking into my humanity. I'm sinking into the fact that I am a person. And as we know, all people make mistakes. All people have really terrible streaks in them and uh, characteristics and traits. And all people are capable of just these like evils and that we're all capable of just so much harm in as much as we're capable of so much good and so much uplifting and so much building and beauty, right? And so I'm so happy because I think that that coping mechanism I had where I went into myself and saw myself as a victim and saw myself as this receiver, passive receiver of evil, that is falling away. And I'm seeing that actually I am quite capable of hurting other people for the sake of hurting them so I can make myself feel better. And I think that this is so amazing because it means I can take accountability for my actions. It means that I can actually understand why I'm doing certain things, you know? Like, sometimes you do things and you're like, I'm doing this because this is for the the benefit of this person or I'm doing this for them. It's like, no, actually, you're not doing that for them. You're actually doing that to make yourself feel better, you know? Have you ever done something where you go out of your way to, to do something for someone and then if they're not appreciative or if they don't say thank you, you turn around and being like, you say they're very ungrateful and you start having like just this weird kind of like deep crisis of like, how, how are you so ungrateful, right? And one of the things I've, I've noticed about myself that I'm like, okay, this is, this is a sign of my anxiety kicking in is when I either one, project or two, get entitled. Project is when suddenly like if I walk around and I'm like oh my apartment is too small oh this person is so is, is not nice that person said this to me and it hurt me and it was the f- fifth time they're saying this whenever I go into a phase where I'm just like finding all the wrong things and I'm saying that things are wrong and I'm telling other people that they're wrong and I'm finding fault in every single thing that other people are doing. I know that it's a sign of anxiety within me. I know that I'm avoiding something. So I always then stop. And sometimes I stop right at the beginning, but other times it's like, oh, it's been a week of just constant negativity, like me exuding negativity and just seeing negativity in every single thing that I do. Then I go, ah, this is a sign that I am, I am 
maybe not feeling the best way. It's a sign that I'm anxious about something and I need some kind of reassurance. And because I'm not getting it, I'm starting to project, right? Because sometimes it's easier to project onto other people versus projecting onto yourself. And it's not that it's, it's either or, because sometimes I project onto myself. I go, I shouldn't have done this. I'm so bad for doing that. I'm so bad for doing that. And it's always a sign of anxiety that I'm really like, I'm living in this fear state. And then the other side of this anxiety and fear state in this sort of going into a coping mechanism because I'm afraid is when I feel entitled to things. You know, when I go, when that person walked in this morning, she didn't say good morning. Why did she do that? She walked away. Like, who are you, Lorraine? Who are you that everyone needs to stop what they're doing and turn to you and go, good morning. Hi, how are you? It would be nice if they would do that because why? I I would love that. I'm a person after all. I love getting that acknowledgement. I love being seen. I love being heard. But once it stops being, I would love this and I would appreciate it if you did if you did this and thank you so much for, for doing this and it becomes, wait, you didn't do that. You should have done that. Then I know that I'm really feeling some kind of anxiety, right? And I remember in the height of sort of my anxiety, I would see this a lot in myself. I was like, why do I feel so entitled to that person's acknowledgement? Why do I feel so entitled to that person's invite to that person? Why? Why is it that when other people are not doing certain things for me, I feel so scathed and scarred and just so done wrong, hard done by that, you know? And it's like, that entitlement is always a sign to me that I'm feeling like sort of um, afraid. And I, I'm telling you, like, I am so happy. I am so excited by by that dream and the, the, the feelings that I'm having now to what's what happened. Like now it's 12 years ago. And this is how slow I am. And it's, <laughs> and it's like I... I it, it happened. We got there eventually. I'm processing my emotions now. I'm in touch with my emotions. I can definitely feel now when I'm feeling certain emotions, even though it took time. So I'm really grateful. And I'm so, so happy that I, I'm feeling this, this feeling of vengeance, right? Like I'm feeling this feeling of like, I'm doing this because you hurt me. And I don't care if you get hurt because you hurt me. And I want you to just let that sink in because we do that. We do that in life. We do that a lot where we go, this person did that to me and I want to hurt them back. But because in our minds, we can't really process that we are capable of that. We turn it around and go, no, I'm doing this because it's what's best for me. I'm doing this because I want to. When in actual fact, you're doing this because the other person hurt you and it would make you feel better if you did something back to them, right? Especially in those moments where, I know that it's it's a very common thing. Do you know when something happens so suddenly that you don't have the appropriate response and then you go home and you start picking a fight with that person and you start responding the way that you should have responded and you start going, oh, you replay the same thing in your head and you, but with a different uh, response this time. And I think that like the reason we do that is because we have this need to sort of assert ourselves. We have this need to... to prove our point and to to push for ourselves for for us to be heard right and so I'm so happy like you have no idea just how like my heart is beating right now I'm just I feel alive I feel so alive because I'm getting in touch with my humanity 
There is no merit in believing that you are innocent. There is no merit in believing that everything you do is good and that everything other people do is bad. If you go through life thinking that, oh, it's my sister's fault that this happened. It's my boyfriend's fault that this happened. It's my boss's fault that this happened. It's my mother's fault. It's her fault. It's society's fault. It's, it's everyone's fault except mine. Then there's something wrong. If you think that, oh, every single time I hurt someone, it's because I didn't intend to, then I'd posit that you're probably not in touch with yourself. And I say this from a point of experience because I kid you not, I, I don't necessarily think that I thought I was the most perfect person in the world, but I'd say 90%, I thought that I was just like as pure as it gets, right? Because that was my coping mechanism. My coping mechanism was to become a victim, to become a people pleaser, to press myself down and press my emotions down and we all know that if you press down one emotion, you're really pressing down all of them, right? Because that's that's the thing with, say, med medication like antidepressants. When you take antidepressants so that you feel a bit mellow and feel less anxious, the effect is also that you feel less happy and you feel you don't feel the thrill anymore. So you're just in this sort of zone of just like, meh, right? On all fronts. So it's the same thing. When I press down my, my vengeful side or my the other side of me that's not so kumbaya, that's not so nice, I'm pressing down every single area, even the area of like niceness, of like I deeply care for people, I press it down. But when I accept all parts of myself, when I, or myself, when I accept that I'm actually a very loving person, I can also accept that I can be a very vengeful person. Why? because I'm a person and I just I just I wish there were words that I could use to sort of transfer this this feeling this intense feeling that I'm feeling right now into into this podcast because I'm just so grateful I'm so grateful that for the first time in my life I'm my eyes are being opened to that not so nice part of me you know that part that like that is just looking out for itself, right? Because I wasn't being vengeful because I was like, I want to hurt you. It's like, this will make me feel better, you know? And we're all selfish. We do things where we go, this will make me feel better. It will make me feel better to talk about this person behind their back. I will feel more beautiful if I go after this guy. And oh, I mean, that's a huge topic as well. One of my dating patterns when I was younger was that because I felt so ugly, remember I said that I grew up with a with a with an eye deformity, so I was pretty much I mean, I guess I'm te technically disabled, but like I don't use that label because like I don't want that label on me because I'm just as capable as anyone else, right? And so because I felt ugly and I felt like no one ever looked at me, I felt this need to date the most attractive guy because surely if the most attractive guy is dating me I must not look that bad right and so that was my pattern I would always go for the best looking guy in the world and if I wasn't going for them I'd be pining I'd be like if I could just get with that guy right 
And for the longest time, I didn't, I wasn't conscious of the fact that this is what was happening. I just knew that I had a type and that this type happened to be the most popular guy who, who everyone thought was attractive. And objectively, none of these people, like some of them, they weren't really that attractive. It was just that the idea of being associated with someone that was popular or with someone that I deemed more important than me, it just made me feel better about myself, you know? So I would go out of my way to be associated with these people just so that I can make myself feel better, right? And so another reason I'm so happy that I'm feeling these emotions is because now I can choose the emotions that best serve me. Now that I know that I'm capable of doing things, vengeful things, for the sake of making myself feel better by hurting the person that made me feel bad in the first place, I can I can spot those emotions when they happen. You know, I can spot those things when when that is my main driver, I can recognize it and stop the action, whatever action I was going to take just to sort of make myself feel better. I can I can sort of break a pattern, right? For example, now that I know that I used to date guys only because they made me feel better about myself, it meant that like I started questioning why do I like this person? Is it because of this? Is it because of that? Oh, they make me feel better about myself. What is it about them that makes me feel better about myself? Ah, it's because they're popular. Okay. And what does popularity mean? It means you're seen. Okay. Do I feel not seen? Yep. I don't feel seen. Okay. So how can I make myself feel more seen? Who I did, who do I think does not see me that is a significant, that has had a significant impact on, on me? If, if they are not seeing me, like what has been that impact and can I change this? Okay, maybe a conversation is due. If it's your parent, if it's my parent, my mom, I go, okay, mom. Or maybe even journaling, because sometimes you don't need to tell people, right? Because people are also be busy being selfish and wanting to get their needs met. So if I'm trying to get my needs met and you're coming to me to get your needs met, you're basically asking me to put aside my needs for your needs. And because we're human, that is practically impossible. Then, then I, w I won't do that. So then what you become a victim again. And so then you will sort of then think, Oh, again, I'm being wronged when actually you are the one in the wrong in the first place. Cause why should I put my, put my needs aside for you to get what I mean? And I'm not saying this as if like we should all be selfish. I'm saying that let's all be honest about the fact that we're selfish. Let's all acknowledge that we are wired to be selfish. Let's all acknowledge that we have this need to be understood, to be seen, to be loved, to be taken care of, to not be hurt. And that if we do get hurt, we will lash out somehow. We will either lash out by destroying ourselves first and then everyone else in our path, or we would lash out by destroying everyone else in our path and then eventually ourselves, right? And so this is, this is just a human fact. And I'm so grateful that I'm starting to see the side of me because it means I can be understanding towards other people, right? When I had this dream and remembered this memory, I actually started to think about the other side. Of course, my, my friend betrayed me. Of course, I felt betrayed by my friend. Like, how could you do that? Like, it's not a problem to date someone I like, but just tell me that you're doing that and then don't lie to me when you do it, right? But... I also started to understand because with this specific friend, there was a pattern. 
this friend had done it to other friends and she had dated other people that she lied about dating and then she was with someone else while she was dating someone else so she was very messy and it could have been easy for me to and it was easy for me to then be like oh this person she's so bad she's so greedy just because she's pretty she thinks she can get away with things she's so vengeful she's so this she so that but the truth is because she's lashing out against herself because when you when you start lying when you start doing things in the dark secrecy those are all signs of unhealth those are all signs of just pain and hurt and that you're running away from something and so then i could actually by tapping into my own vengefulness and selfishness and the fact that i'm human and that's okay to be human i can recognize that in other people as well and be like oh this person is doing this it's hurting me one but two i wonder what's hurting them and just because two things exist and two things are true at the same time does not mean that the other one is less true and or the other one is more true right because just because you're hurting me does not mean you're not hurting you know just because you're betraying me does not mean that you you you're not betraying yourself at the same time actually it's like mirrors instead it's not either or it's not that you're betraying me or that you're being selfish or that you're you're hurt yourself you know but but they say that hurt people hurt people so whatever you, however way you're treating me it's a reflection of how you're treating yourself and how i'm treating myself is a reflection of how i'm treating you you know because let's let's take the scenario now i'm i'm processing this as i'm speaking so it might not be the most eloquent but in this instance i kissed that boy because he had dated her and i wanted to hurt her why because i was hurting i hurt the other person because i was hurting and she hurt me because she was hurting and if one of us doesn't realize that oh we keep on perpetuating this hurt because we've been hurt then it's a cycle it's a pattern of like constant this person is hurting that person and that person is hurting that person and before you know it we just we just have catastrophe we just have like casualties everywhere right and so that's why i think it's so beautiful that i am experiencing this vengeful side of me and i am happy about it because i am human i am getting in touch with certain parts of me that i had repressed and it all comes down to self acceptance and self love right when we press down issues that we don't like about ourselves and really uplift the, the parts that we like about ourselves it means we're not accepting ourselves we're saying in order for me to love me i need to only be good but since we know that you cannot be good all the time and every time it means that then you're you're denying yourself love because you're saying i'm not going to accept the side of me because it's not worthy but i'm only going to accept this one side of me because i deem this worthy and if one side of you is not worthy and the other side of you is worthy the net profit is like unworthy that's what i believe if i think anything is unworthy about me then i don't think i'm worthy but i think i'm worthy i think that i'm lovable i think that i'm amazing because i accept both sides of myself and to be honest i used to, i i thought i was amazing but i i it was as a 
Do you know those affirmations that you say just to make yourself feel better? Oh, I'm amazing. I'm worthy. I'm this. I'm that. But it's not really resonating. It's not really cutting through to your core. It's not really reaching down to your depths, you know, because rejecting certain sides of you, rejecting certain parts of you means you're rejecting yourself because you are human. You will never be perfect. I am human. I will never be perfect. I will hurt people even when I don't intend to hurt them. And I will hurt people knowingly, even if I don't want to. You know, sometimes these feelings are so strong that you need to just do something that is not for the best of the other person. But if, if, I'm constantly denying that part of myself, then it means I can't really sort of start to heal or start to have better thought processes or think or make better choices, right? And isn't that what they say like in AA and in sort of like psychotherapy and everything to do with the mind, that acknowledgement, acceptance, like acknowledging that you have a problem is the first step towards healing, accepting that you have a problem is the first part to step towards healing like me accepting the fact that I am a vengeful person by virtue of just being a person is my first step towards healing it's my first step towards full self-acceptance and full love right because love there's there's a scripture that says um love casts out all evil or casts out all wrongs covers all wrongs something along those lines right and it's like you don't love because you think something is perfect. You love because you know something is imperfect and you don't know what will come from it. But you you love still, you know. And I think this kind of ment mentality of just like, oh, I'm selfish and I know it. I'm vengeful and I, know, and I know it. I will do things sometimes just to hurt the other person because it will make me feel better. And I know this. It makes us such better partners lovers friends colleagues and just people it makes us better people knowing that we are flawed makes us better people and better people to be in relationship with because it means that we can actually take responsibility have you ever had an encounter with someone that refused to take responsibility ever it's like the worst thing in the world because no matter what you say, it's like you're talking to a rock. And they, they and I'm sure that people have had that experience with me. And my family's told me, like, I was very stubborn as a teenager. Like, people would tell me stuff and I was like, nope. And they would know it. Like, even my sister, my sister and my cousin <laughs> once had a conversation about me where my, I don't know if it was my sister that said it to my cousin or if it was the other way around. But they were basically both say, please talk to your sister or please talk to your cousin because she does not listen. You know, and so I've been on the other side. I've been that person that doesn't listen to people. I am that person. You know, it's not like I, I'm on some enlightened path and then it stops. It's like moment by moment by moment, I need to choose to be aware of the fact that I'm set in my ways because I'm a selfish human being. But I choose not to exercise that, but rather through accepting that I'm a selfish human being, I can take in new information and process it and then feed it back in a, in a productive way. Right. And so being able to identify and accept these things about ourselves makes us such better people to be in relationship with, you know? I remember this one time, like, I hope my sister's okay with me sharing this. She said it's fine, so hopefully <laughs> you meant what you said, sister. Um, I remember this one time. 
like my sister sort of um confrontation conflict style is like she will confront things and she will sort of want to talk about them and then she will escalate them as the need arises right whereas my conflict style is like okay let's let's shut this down let me go and process let me think about it. Let me find some refined thought and some sort of peaceful idea of like how we can survive this. And then and then we can just have a simple conversation of like, this hurt me I'm, and I realize that that hurt you. I'm sorry, right? But she's the opposite. And so whenever we'd have, we'd have issues, like she would straight away, like out of the blue, be like, I want to talk to you about something. And that would just make me so anxious, like constantly. I would be so anxious. I'm like, what's she going to say now? What's she going to say? What's she going to say, right? But at one point, because she was doing that so much, and I had said to her, look, like this is stressing me out, stop. One point we had an argument, and then she was like, okay, not going to confront it. So she didn't talk to me, but then I was like, well, I'm waiting for her to come back to me and tell me what I did wrong, right? And so I didn't talk to her. And then it ended up like two days of us being in the same house and she's in a different room and I'm in a different room. This was years ago, by the way. And we're just not talking because she's like, I am tired of always being the one that confronts things and wants to solve things. And I was also like, I'm so tired of just constantly you coming to me to to confront things and solve things. I just want to be quiet. But at, at the same time, I was just like hoping that she would do it because then we would fall into that p- pattern, right? And I remember just praying and being like, God, my sister is so unreasonable. Like, why can't she just accept me for who I am? Why can't she just love me? Why can't? And then just this resounding, why can't you love her? Why can't you accept that you are also flawed? Why is it always her fault? Why can't you love her more? Let's say, let's say it was her fault. But why can't I love her with that fault? Does she need to be faultless for me to love her? And I remember receiving that word and I was just like, no, like, (laughs) no, Jesus, (laughs) no. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes it's like God's talking to you. You just want to be like, not today, Satan. And Satan's like, "Mm -mm, I'm not involved. I was just like, no, Jesus, like, it's her fault. Like, she needs to, she, 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 it's her, 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 her. I'm the victim. I'm the perfect one. I'm good. I did nothing wrong. Then God just was like, he didn't say too much. He was like, love her more. You know, let let your love rise above the fl- the faults that you see in her, right? And I think that when we let our love for ourselves rise beyond the faults we see in ourselves, then we can extend that to other people. Because the reason I was so harsh on my sister is because I could not admit my own flaws, right? I could not admit that I can also be selfish and do things to sort of harm other people, and I could not forgive myself for that. I could not accept that about myself. So I fa- I painted myself out to be a saint. And so then if I'm a saint, then somebody, you know, in this world is like, if, if I'm good, you're bad. If it's like, why, why can't we both be good? You know, so then that instance is like, if I am good, then she must be bad. Right. And so I am so happy that for the first time in my life, I am really connecting with that with the flawed parts of me, with the sort of, and and it's even extending to what's like my work and just other things. Because as well, today for the first time, I, I felt the peace to not be the best. Because growing up, when, when I was the best, that's when I got attention, right? I was very acad- academic, so I kept on like 
topping my class throughout primary school, high school, everywhere, university. Like I was constantly topping my class. The only place I didn't top my class was in drama school. And so it's like, but now for the first time, I'm like, it's good to be surrounded by people that are really smart and that are smarter than me. People that are more talented than me. People that have a higher work ethic than me. It's good. I welcome this. I love this because I don't need to be the best in the room, right? Because if I have this need to be the best, if I have this need to be the most perfect in the room, then it means that I have a need for other people to either fail, to be lower, to be worse, to be whatever, you know, and if I can't accept myself with those flaws, if I can't love myself with with that understanding of I'm a human being that makes terrible mistakes, I'm a human being that does not necessarily always have others' interests at heart, then I can really truly love myself. I can really truly say I love myself, you know. And so what a beautiful dream I had, what a beautiful experience to know that I'm so flawed and experience it from the depths of my soul and still love myself and still extend that grace towards myself. I know that it, this might seem like a weird thing to say, but I know that by me accepting those parts of me, it means I can accept those parts of, in other people. It means that whenever I'm having a conversation with others, I'm not trying to project my ideas of perfection or my ideas of what love is or what lo love should be, but I'm rather experiencing the other person and I'm allowing them to have an authentic and genuine experience with me as well. And wherever those emotions take us, I know that because because I'm able to recognize those emotions in me, those vengeful emotions in me, I can choose to go the other direction. And I think that is the gist of this podcast, that when you know the parts of you that are ugly, you can choose not to entertain them. You can choose to embrace them and love yourself because of them and not in spite of them. But then you can also choose not to dwell on them. You can choose not to make that into your pattern, your state of being. You can choose to look the other side and go the other direction with all those parts in you. And uh, yeah, I think, please let me know. I just want you to, to, to like leave a comment if this resonates because I, like I said, I'm experiencing this today. Like I had the dream last night and I had the, the, this discussion with a friend today and I'm having these revelations and epiphanies about myself as I'm recording this. And so I would love to hear if this makes sense to you or if you think that, what I'm saying is crazy. I know it's not crazy because because I really feel it resonating in my soul that the only way to truly say you love yourself and mean it is if you know that you have an ugly side of you and that that ugly side does not make you any less lovable. You are a human being and by virtue of that you will be imperfect but that imperfection makes you perfect.